Okay, this is our our first Stephen King, isn't it? Yes. That includes Bachman. We haven't done a Bachman one yet, correct? No, I don't think so. No, I mean, and we will. I mean, yeah, well, we've got Running Man, yes. uh, which Redemption. is definitely on the list. Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of Stephen King. Uh, it, um, Shining. Shining, yeah. You know, there's there's definitely plenty to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, maximum Overdrive is another one we will probably We're covering that today, aren't we? Point. We're covering Maximum Overdrive today, right? No. I thought we were. No, today is Pet Cemetery. Oh. Pet look, Cemetery. Look like Maximum Overdrive to me. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know, but basically, uh, is there anything uh, you know? Let's let's, uh, let's so you at least wrap up Star Wars. Wrap up Star Wars, okay? First I mean, I up. do know right off the bat that w- I walked out of here and got in my car, and I was like, there was at least another forty-five minutes worth of shit that I wanted to talk about. Well, well, luckily, that we never got around to. We're going to be doing Empire either in June or July. We're going to, I think, <laughs> I think we're going to do that, and then we're going to wrap up the trilogy a little bit later in the year. Um, with um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I Scott Schaefer is going to be joining us for Empire. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. He, he texted me um, after after uh, we skewered him. I mean, you're pretty harsh on him. I, How I, was I? I, don't I apologize. Attack, I don't attack him at all. <laughs> I apologize for your harshness towards him, but he will be joining us for Empire. And he spent about two hours texting how we screwed up. How we screwed up? Yeah, he's saying like how you pronounce most easily wrong and how that R two D two tricked Luke into um, removing the um, restrainer plug, the restrainer bolt. Yeah. Okay. So he he spent about two hours correcting us. He's a he is a you want to talk about a Star Wars aficionado? That dude. He was explaining to me because there's a little bit of age difference. He's like forty nine. Um, 51, something like that. Looks well, like I mean, I've 55. Seen, I've seen all the movies a million times. It's just, I don't, my memory is not as good as it used to be. Well, I think that that's for definite. I, I think that age difference, make, and that's something that we were talking about. The age difference is. is oh, yeah, I was four. <laughs> yeah, when it came out, right? Right. 77, you were four. No, I was two. You were in two. 77. See, he was like eight or nine. Right. So when he was growing up, as, as, as that age uh, where you where you play with the toys and all that the right. dolls, he um it's he was not playing a Star doll. Wars. Well, whatever you want to call it. figures, action figures, action figures. He was that that was he didn't play with GI Joe. Right. He played with Star Wars and Care Bears. That was his two two things that he played with. Okay, so he wasn't familiar with like GI Joe Transformers. He missed that boat. We were in that boat. I don't know how he didn't miss GI Joe. GI Joe's been around since like the 1940s. Well, he, he only he only played with Chewbacca. He okay. played with Chewbacca's. He played with Chewbacca. All right. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not too worried about what he does in his own time. We shouldn't be. But um but no, I I mean all I'm saying is, is yes, there there's there may be a certain amount of truth to that. Honestly, at this point, uh, I am not recollecting him taking the bolt, uh, tricking him into taking the bolt off. Mm-hmm. I do remember him, uh, you know, kind of showing him the uh, the hologram, and that, and I think C three PO may have said something about removing the bolt might allow him to see the rest of the message. But I don't really remember, to be perfectly honest with you. It's, I mean, it's, it's, there are people out there that are just hardcore Star Wars and nothing else. Yes. Okay. I consume so much media. It's not funny. I literally today watched three movies and an entire season of a TV show. Wow. Today. That day, what time did you wake up? At like 8.30. Oh, you just start watching movies? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so it's hey, not like, you? well, my kids are with their mother yeah, this weekend. So, yeah. And Dalton came over, so he just wanted to hang out and relax. Mm-hmm. You know, he's home for three weeks. So what'd you watch? Oh, God. Uh, we watched um, The Man Who Knew Too Little. 
mm-hmm. which is a, a Bill Murray movie that I've seen a million times. Brilliant actor. Yeah, and then uh, we saw um, <laughs> something called Retard Dead. What? It's it's a like a shitty horror movie. Like somebody made it. Speaking of shitty, at we're, home. We're, we're covering and, one today. Uh, it, it was a movie where this guy created a serum to make retarded people smart, but then they turned into zombies. It's really bad. It's really, really, really bad. Um, Reminds me of some of the movies that we used to watch when we were both teenagers. Yeah, you, I you mean, would rent all those it's movies. It's straight to video type stuff. Yeah, you rented all those movies, and I was, I watched them with you. Yeah, you were too young to argue with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and that Geo Metro. So, uh, but then um, mm. the then I watched uh, Trebecca. Uh, Angela Trebecca. I think I've heard about that. I, I, it's basically I, like flicks. a uh, airport, uh, airplane or naked gun type thing okay. where it's like a spoof show mm-hmm. um, starring uh, Rashida Jones. Okay. Um, okay. It's, it's funny, but it, they mm-hmm. steal a lot of jokes straight out of naked gun and airplane. Of course they do. Um, so uh, I watched the whole first season of that this morning. We started watching Chinese, the China Salesman. We made it about a half an hour into that one and just couldn't do it. Hmm. Uh, that was uh, Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal. <laughs> and it was like, okay, just on Mike Tyson yeah. and Steven Seagal alone, you get a half an hour of my time. Yeah. But the, yeah it was exactly, so hard exactly. to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And the dialogue was so bad and everything about the movie was bad. So we just couldn't finish it. Hmm. I like this movie we're covering. <laughs> well, you couldn't finish it. I've seen this movie dozens of times. Well, um, and we definitely have a different take on. I'm sure we the, do the whole thing. Um, but but back to Star Wars. The, what what else is it? It's particularly um, uh, New Hope. I still can't get used to cover, calling it that. New Hope. Well, it's because I don't think anybody ever really did until yeah. years later. I think it was the re-release is really when a New Hope became a thing. I mean, it existed before that, mm-hmm. but it it nobody called it a new hope until then, and and even now, a lot of people don't call it a new hope. They either call it Star Wars or they call it Episode Four, mm-hmm. one or the other. Um, it, I don't hear it referred to as a new, new hope. hope no. But overall, I mean, you know, I love the movie. It's and I'm sure I fucked up, and there's plenty of people out there that know this shit better than me. Uh, but that and that's fine. I I'm not. You're not help. You're not bent out of shape over. It, no. Right? Why would I be? I mean, just because he decided to waste his entire youth on one movie when I watched millions of hours of film and can't blame the guy. Yeah, it's on him. Yeah, it's on. It's on him. I agree. It's not on me. I agree. But seriously, was there anything else that you wanted to say about? A new uh, no, no. I don't think that there was anything left to say. I mean, we. I think we kind of rushed the end a little bit. Um, but by then we were already, you know, two hours strong into it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. we have to finish we, this we, out. We kind of rushed. We did kind of rush the end. We um, did. but I don't know that we didn't, we missed anything per se. No, I don't um, think, I, I, I think <coughs> that we didn't, we hit all the high notes. Right. And I, I think that talking about, I, I think that we stressed enough that the movie was really about R2D2 and C3PO's yes. adventure. That, yeah. um, I think that we the one things that the things that we didn't stress was the three story arcs and how and even though we covered the Greedo shot first it was bullshit yeah. it we didn't really get far enough into what that how that affected the Han Solo character mm-hmm. how that completely changed his character um moving forward through the movie and through the series. I think we would have. I mean, we, we talked about it, but we didn't and we didn't go way emphasis. I think we would have I think it would have been different if you and I disagreed on it. But going in we both agreed on yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's a thing. So it was like what's the point? The the truth is is that these uh reviews or whatever the hell you want to call them tend to become more of a conversation Mm-hmm. Uh, between the two of us and less of, hey, you know, we get the information out there, but at the same time, it's like, this is what we took away from it. Right. Not, you know, most Isley versus most uh, 
what did he call it? Most Esley or yeah, something? Yes. I've never heard it called Most Esley ever in my life. No. I've always heard Most Isley. Maybe it's a generation thing. Uh, It's a fucking movie. You listen to it, and they say the name of the town in the movie. Right. Well, again, that's a conversation that you can have with Scott when he comes over and we do Empire together. He'll be be our first guest. Well, yeah. Well, Dalton was almost our first guest today. Oh, really? uh, Goddamn. um, He decided not to come. He decided not to come. Well, he's got a... He's got his gal pal oh. who lives in West Virginia that he was going to visit because he's leaving the country for a couple years. No shit. Where's he going? England. You know, what, what do we, we like to call it? America East? Well, not anymore. <laughs> Londonistan, but that's a different thing. Right. <laughs> we get trouble for that. I don't care. Yeah, he, he's a little small town like uh, northwest of London. Good for him. About an hour outside of London. Talk about like a, a good assignment. That damn. He seems to be upset about it, but I'm just like, what? dude, man, that it's better to do it now than later. But I think he wanted to stay stateside. Oh, well, he'll probably go over there and love it. Maybe. And I, I mean, I plan on trying to go over and visit for a couple of days while he's over there because it might be the only chance I ever have to get done. You should. You know, you should. England. You should. So. Okie dokie. Well, let's, let's move on to the movie at hand today. Yes, and today. That is uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, and before we begin, a little caveat. I am not a King fan. I am not a Stephen King fan. Now, that's no, not to say... I am. You are. You, you are a Stephen King fan. He is not my cup of tea. With, now, there's a caveat there, because I enjoy some of his Bachman novels. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, his Bachman stuff is more adventure-based. It's more action-based. Kind of, you know, you have yes. Running Man, you have... Well, even the, you know, the what was the Dark Side, I believe, was mm-hmm. uh, Bachman. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Dark Side was good. You know, the, he, it's definitely slightly different Mm-hmm. Writing style, mm-hmm. so it is, and he's separating the man. Um, he is a prolific writer. He is great at what he does. I will give him that. Uh, he hits his target audience perfectly. He knows his. Ta- he knows how to build tension, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just he is not, uh, and I understand why people lavish praise on him. You know, that everybody wants to line up and, and flatio him and. Um, I believe it would be fillet. Fillet, sorry, fillet him. More power to him. I just he's just not my, not my. I think there's contemporaries out there of him that I enjoy better. And so yeah, I just want to. My flip side to that is, is I don't know of any other people that I would read on a consistent basis. Yeah, uh, I think you like you like, but you are. And we said this the first episode. You are more horror horror oriented. Yes. Um, now, it's not like I'm not, I don't get frustrated with Stephen King. I mean, I've read dozens of, you know, I, you know at least two dozens of his, two dozen novels mm-hmm. that he wrote. And then a, a lot of his short stories. I love his short stories. I, I will say that. I like his short stories better than his full length well, novels. Well, the, the truth of the matter is, is that his novels are the same as his short stories. And the reason I say that is, is you go into a short story and you have the expectation of kind of like maybe picking up in the middle of a story and maybe getting to a conclusion, mm-hmm. okay? Because it's a short story. You, you, you don't have a ton of time to go into backstory mm-hmm. and all this other shit, mm-hmm. okay? The problem is his novels are the same way. Like, you know, he, and he admits it, like his whole thing is the, the, to him, it's about getting from point A to point B. He doesn't give a shit about point B and he doesn't really care about what happened before point A. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the issue that I, if I had an issue with him, that would be my issue with him is that he doesn't always explain where something comes from or how it, and he, I mean, there's a good part and a bad part to that. I mean, it basically, you have the tip of the iceberg of embellishing in your mind or trying to figure out in your mind how it gets to it. But then the biggest problem with all of his shit is there's not all of it, but I'd say 90% of his work does not have a conclusion. There is no end to his work. So, like, for example, 
Um, I, I, okay, Duma Key. Okay, Duma Key is an excellent book. Start to finish, it's wonderful. It's one of those books that like keeps getting better and better and better as you go along. And then you get to the end and the end of the book, and I'm not giving away anything if you're a king reader, because this book is like, you know, almost 10 years old now, or maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it ended up being surrounded around this like little doll. Like it's a doll mm-hmm. that controls the evil on the island. It's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? This makes no sense with everything else that you've built to this point. And it's very you, you. You find yourself very let down, you know. Uh, I, I'll, Buick Eight is another one where it's like he builds this whole universe that's coming out of the out of a Buick Eight that's sitting in a police parking lot. Okay, mm-hmm. and there's this there's vivid you know imagery and all this other shit, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And then he starts tying into like every other thing that he's ever written. So mm-hmm. like he tied, which I like, but it just keeps growing and growing and doesn't go anywhere. And it gets very frustrating. That's, that's how I felt when I was reading, um, Salem's lot. I eventually oh, stopped. Salem's lot. I'm not a huge fan of. I start, I, I, I actually put that book down and I was like, this is just boring. I finished shit. it. Um, but I'm not even a fan of the movie. I like I, now, the uh, TV remake with Rob Lowe was a little better than the movie was, but the movie itself I thought was just dragged and dragged, and it just never felt like it was getting anywhere. Um, I was very disappointed with that. I, um, I, I, I you know, as a writer, I, I he's better than me, he's vastly better than me. I just, I, when I write, my scares are different. Um, like I think it is probably the biggest get shit on it. It is one of the most overrated novels ever. I hated the ending. I hate like he, all of a sudden he turned like this clown is just some giant lobster thing. Or just, well, no, it wasn't. Not in the book. Well, it was an evil, evil. It was. It becomes so. When you're reading that novel and you get to the end and it's like, okay, you have a turtle that is the ultimate good in the universe and then you have it, which is the ultimate evil in the universe Mm -hmm. and these two different factions are fighting it. It's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? I, you know, this was like a killer clown book. Where, where do we go to this nonsense? And yes, I understand. And I agree, you know, like Mm -hmm. Bill, uh, you know, propelling himself out into outer space and all this crazy shit that happens in the end of that book is just what the fuck. I, I, Matoran, I believe, is the turtle's name. I can't really remember now because it's been it's been a while since I've read that novel. I, I, but I, it, apparently, the uh, the new one they're they've touched on it just a touch in the new movie because mm-hmm. uh, you'll see if you watch the new movie. Um, um, Matoran, the, the turtle is in certain scenes, mm-hmm. and they say that they're supposed to be tying it into part two, mm-hmm. but I don't know how the fuck you do that. I mean, it it was so bizarre that I don't know how you would do it. And they copped out in the TV show because I don't think they could have done done what they what was done in the book, and there would have been no resolution because yeah. there isn't much of a resolution in the book. Just like every fucking thing else he writes, there's not that much of a resolution. Right. I well, I don't have a problem with there being no resolution. There is one in The Shining. The fucking place blows up. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's pretty resolute. I don't think that you could do much more. Like I again, I don't have an issue with there being no resolution because that's how some stories are supposed to end. Um, I, I just again, he's just in my he's just in my cup of tea for the most part. No, and you've never been a fan. No. Um, I think that there's some things that, you know, stand out for you. A running Man in particular. Yeah. I know that you love The Running Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, The Running Man is very formulaic. Formulaic, yeah. I like Silver Bullet. I think Sil- Silver Bullet's one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah, it's... Um, of course, I like Werewolf, so... You know, Silver Bullet is an easy movie to get into. It was really well done. Um, it gets away from the book. Well, I don't even a, call it a book. Quite it's a book. A it, well, it's a short story or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, like Nightflyer, too. 
Yeah, but Nightflyer is another one that's just a. It's just a weird. It's like a short story I like type it. thing. Um, I actually enjoyed the. You know, I, I mean, I liked his work. I liked his movies, mm-hmm. and that, of course, propelled me because I'm not a good reader. Mm-hmm. So it propelled me into reading his novels, mm-hmm. and it took me years to get to a point where I could read his. You know, read his work. Well, they're heavy novels. They're not like light reading. Yeah. You know, they're heavy novels. Well, I, and I'm somewhat dyslexic, so it I have a hard time reading, mm-hmm. uh, which well, is weird. That, being Stephen a, King's a hard novel; to, his novels are hard to read if uh, you're dyslexic. So, it, it, but overall, I mean, I find myself enjoying it. He builds tension. He's great at it, like Super. no other writer in history. Yes, ever. I've great. never seen anybody build tension he's the way he does. At it. I will give him that. He's, he's superb. You know, and. His movies, it, the the uh, the one thing I will say about his movies is the two scenes that make me cringe more than anything else mm. um, are both in Stephen King movies, and one being uh, the hobbling scene in Misery, and the other is a scene that you didn't see, which is Fred Gwynn getting the his Achilles heel cut. Uh, in Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. and both of those scenes are so like I I have the ability to put myself in that situation, mm-hmm. and it it always bothered me from the first time. I it always makes me cringe. I can I can understand why. So yeah. it's it's uh, yeah. you know it is what it is. But anyway, let's go. Uh, let's actually get into Pet Cemetery. So, so Pet Cemetery. Okay, so King wrote this novel, and everybody knows this. So King wrote this novel. And he put it away for a long time because he was depressed and it was the only novel that he wrote that actually scared him. Right, right. So he put it away eventually. But there is reasons for that. Like, I mean, the whole part with Church getting hit by a car or (laughs) getting hit by the tractor trailer, Yeah. uh, his daughter um, had a cat that got hit by a car. Mm -hmm. Uh, His son, Owen, who was six at the time Mm -hmm. that this book released, Mm -hmm. um, he had almost wandered out into the street and gotten hit by a car like like a similar scene that you see early in the in the movie mm-hmm. um there was also uh of course years later and i believe it was 1999 king himself gets hit by a, a minivan on the side of the road so he's had his fair share of issues when it came to uh you know Vehicles, 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 and car right, accidents right, and stuff like that. Right, and that doesn't count the fact that he was a raging alcoholic and cocaine, cocaine, and all that, yeah, and well, all drugs and all that. And he was. Yeah, I think his alcohol was always his biggest vice over everything He's else. A writer, but oh, I think every writer I know is <laughs> alcoholic. That's, you got demons in your head. Yeah, the only way to get them out is play on paper. I see the original script, and I don't get this. When I found so the original script for Pet Cemetery. Featured the Wendigo, yeah, which is a Native American demon. I actually am in the process of writing a novel about a Wendigo, right? Up in um in um Montana. Okay. Um. Yeah, it, Wendigo is basically the same thing that you hear about in all these different look at, like uh, the New Jersey Devil is this would be similar to a Wendigo. So ironically, I have another story I wrote. Actually, it's uh. It's about the New Jersey Devil, right? Know. And it, and that's just kind of when you hear these things, they're usually just the same story, but they take place in different places. Like Montana, a lot of times you'll hear about Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Uh, when the Wendigo actually, because the native, it's a Native American. Devil. Yeah, Colorado is big with the Wendigo as mm-hmm. well. Um, anyway, you find that, native but there's American. also like some kind of wolf demon that's no, in wolf Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico has um, chupacabra. Chupacabra. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they, it's the, the Yeti is usually looked at as in Canadian cause it's, you know, the, basically a snow monster, snow monster. um, there, but there's different versions of the Yeti. I mean, the yep. Yeti, a lot of people have said the Yeti is the New Jersey devil. Some people say, I mean, and these are all fictional characters, but people that believe this shit, they like to tie these things together. Yeah. So it. You know, in this particular case, in this movie, the Wendigo does appear, mm-hmm. but 
not visually. Not visually. It says it's 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 just audible. It's implied only twice. First in the scene where Lewis is walking through the woods at night and hears something large knock down a tree. Yeah. The second time is when Judd first uh, takes Lewis up over that big pile of woods. We'll, we'll get to. And there's like a loud crash. Deep well, both forest. times it was when he was climbing up to the Indian mm-hmm. uh, burial ground because the first time that they go to bury the cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets up there, and they have this weird, like, loud noise that occurs in the forest. And then Judge just like, uh, I think it was just a loon. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, uh, later on when he goes up by himself with uh, Gage, Mm -hmm. um, they have that same occurrence where... But I kind of took it in a different direction because, like, in in this version with it being the Wendigo... Mm -hmm. I kind of looked at it as the forest itself because they never really clarify that it was the Wendigo, obviously. But I thought it was the spirits of the forest itself that was trying to stop him from doing what he was about about to to do. do, So I felt like there was a completely different motivation than what they initially intended, which was if it was the Wendigo, then that was the the creature that was promoting him to move forward mm-hmm. with this. So it, I don't understand that either. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, like, I think Wendigo is a great a legend. That's why I'm writing about it right now. Well, and I think that they will probably go more into that into the movie that's coming out next week. The, the, the remake of Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. I um, believe it's next week. It might be the following week. Which is part of the reason why we're doing the show. Right, right. Um, so Pet Cemetery was released years after it was completed. <clears throat> As you said, King fell in depression and packed the manuscript away. He's actually also the uh, the screenwriter for this movie. Right. His was, wife was the one that that really pushed him to release it. The fictional town of Ludlow, Maine, corresponds geographically to the town where King was living when he wrote Pet Cemetery. Now, the one the one thing that I've always loved about King is, you know, he lived in Maine. He wrote about Maine, mm-hmm. and I dig it. When he moved to Florida. He started writing about in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, Duma Keys is is down in the Florida Keys. So it's I always liked that about him where it was kind of like write what you know. It was that, you know, and that's kind of the philosophy that I've always felt was good to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't know it, you tend to make assumptions based on knowledge that you received. And that knowledge is not personal knowledge. And anytime you look at something that's not personal knowledge, you have to have that other person's influence in what you're writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, not, the, not to attack you in particular, but your book on uh, uh, the ghosts of... Uh, My Lie. My Lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I had... A, the, the problems that I had with it, which were few, I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a good enough book, Mm-hmm. Um, but the problems that I had with it were based on being able to visualize the forest. And mm-hmm. it felt to me like you were visualizing the forest through a movie that you had seen, mm-hmm. perhaps. And I'm not saying that's what happened. That's just how I, my impression of what you were describing mm-hmm. in your book felt like it, it almost felt like, I don't know if you've seen the, the Michael J. Fox movie, um, uh, oh shit! What was it called? It was a movie where he was in Vietnam and they raped a uh, no. a villager. No, uh, Casualties of War. I didn't see that one. Um, I've seen a lot of Vietnam movies, but not that one. And it it felt to me like a a lot of the well, my impression was based on that vision mm-hmm. of what you were describing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, it had a lot to do with the storytelling as well. Like, the, the story you were telling in that novel, you know, was based on a tragedy that happened in a, in a, in a city, mm-hmm. in a, you know, small village, mm-hmm. which is similar to the storyline of, you know, Casualties of War. It's not the same in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form, but it's, it, it, it's similar in that regard. Because yours is more of a ghost story it, yeah. to, you know... More of a like a mind fuck ghost totally yes. type thing, whereas Casualties of War was definitely like reality based. Of you know he's fighting in a war that you know he believes in or doesn't exactly believe in, and then mm-hmm. he's sucked into a situation where 
shit happened where he's just like, what the hell is going on? Right. Why is this happening when his regiment rapes this woman and then they burn down the village? Right. So it's just, it's very deliberate mm-hmm. um, story. But anyway, uh, let's get back to this because we're going all over the place. That's fine. Though, so. That's fair. So, um, well, let's just, get, let's just get to the actual movie. So, the, so Pet Cemetery released in 1989. Yes. Uh, directed by Mary Lambert, who Stephen King signed off on. <coughs> Yeah, and Mary Lambert got the gig mostly because, well, what she primarily worked on was music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, she did do Pet Cemetery one and two. She did the sequel, um, but there was a sequel. I had no idea. Yes, it was with Eddie Furlong, and it was not good. Like I know you this don't it, you don't like this one, but that one was kind of over the top this was that one was worse than this one i felt it was Mm. um but anyway moving on with it it's and it wasn't based on obviously the the it was based on the concept it wasn't based on anything that king had written Mm -hmm. um anyway so she had lots of tie-ins to the music industry Mm -hmm. obviously because she was doing music videos and Stephen King was a huge fan of the Ramones, um, which is pointed out in this movie mostly because first off the Ramones do a song called pet cemetery, um, which I actually enjoy that song, but the song that's playing, the only other song that gets a credit in this movie is also by the Ramones. It's, uh, I think it was... Um, Gina is a punk rocker. Exactly, that's it. Gina is a punk rocker. And that's the only two songs mm-hmm. that get credited in this movie. So it's, um, I think that that has a lot to do with why she was chosen mm-hmm. to do this. But it's another, it's a good situation, it's a good example of a, because you hear nowadays... Women never got any opportunities. You know, We've, women were always this and that. And then every time you turn around, we're doing another movie that was yeah, directed we, by a woman or was Star basically... Star Princess Leia. Right. We, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. So, so the opening scene is of this cemetery. There's the same cross over and over again. It's going from cross to cross. These, these tombstones or these makeshift tombstones... Uh, and the kids are reading epitaphs of these dead pets. Yeah. And then something caught me eye. I was like, wait a second. This can't be a Stephen King movie because there is littering. There is an empty fishbowl right there. And Stephen King, being the bleeding heart liberal that he is, would never have littering like this. Well, I think uh, the only thing I will say in, in adverse to that is that, yes, he is exceptionally liberal now. I don't believe he was as liberal in the 80s as he is now. And the, the other thing is, is, and I don't want to get into politics too much, the line of what is liberal hey, just continues <laughs> to move, move, move. If you want to do the whole left-right thing, it just keeps moving to the left. So it's kind of hard to stay in front of the curve if you want to be a liberal. Well, he's uh, just like, I mean, and you could say the same thing about conservatives, but the problem with saying that is, is that conservatives believe in the same values that was believed in like 400 years ago. Yeah. So does the line really move to the right? No, you're just trying to keep it from moving to the left too fast. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so, so we're going through this and it's the, the other credits It's the same credits going through from, from tombstone to tombstone. <clears throat> and next thing you see is this, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I've only seen this once and it was last night. Right. Uh, then this, Maximum Overdrive tractor trailer just drives on by, horn blaring, going like 100 miles per hour. Uh, I don't think that's the first thing that you see. It might be. Um, I thought it was the family pulling up in their uh, okay. station wagon family. was what actually happened. So this is first. a family pulling up to the station wagon to this new house. And that's when you see that's the right. tractor trailer blowing by. And this is where, you know, you get some of your notes here. I actually have a... Somewhat of a disagreement with what you're saying here, but go ahead and. Well, we'll get to this. So, so, and then they get out of the car. It's like you know your typical Norman Rockwell shit, where new home, everybody's getting celebrating. They're completely unaware that they have a two-year-old son. Yeah. Penises are for boys and vaginas are for women. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. (laughs) For girls, am I correct in saying that right? Uh, you mean the uh, Gage? He was in Kindergarten Cop. 
Was he? Yeah, he was the kid who said... Oh, he was. You're right. Boys have penises and girls have vaginas. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're absolutely correct. But he was a lot younger here and a lot more adorable. Yes, he was. He was exceptionally cute. Exceptionally cute. Which got And actually, I don't know how much of the... Uh, of his actual verbiage is being dubbed in later. Mm-hmm. But if he actually read this and did this script, that is highly impressive. Yes. Because he delivers the lines really well. He is leaps and bounds better than his fucking sister is. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's funny because I was doing research for this movie. The consensus about Ellie yeah. is... The same across the board. Is it really? Everybody's like, she's just a shitty actress. Because I thought it was just me. Because I was just like, I cannot. Like, she just turned on. There's one scene in this movie where she's sitting there having a conversation and then immediately turns on a dime and starts crying and yelling. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? That doesn't normally happen ever anywhere. So it just didn't make any sense to me. And, And her acting in this movie is so bad. So bad. It's the only thing in this movie that really, really takes me out of the movie itself is that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things because it just there's a lot of things in this movie that don't make sense. But um, it's an understatement. The uh, you know, but basically you're right. She gets out of the car. She runs. She sees a tire swing yes. in a tree. Mm-hmm. She runs over to that and she's swinging. Mm-hmm. And there's they're unpacking to go into the, into the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like they're moving in. So you would think that they would have more oh, belongings. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. But I, essentially, I, they're they're unpacking a station wagon yeah, full of shit. Full of shit. Yeah. And uh, the kid gets out. <laughs> they get the kid out, yeah. And he just starts wandering around. He's well, wandering then in his diaper. She is swinging, and they're like, be careful. So immediately, the branch breaks, and she falls and hurts herself. Yeah. So yeah. everyone stops, doesn't yeah. pay any attention to the fucking two-year-old or three-year-old yeah. that's walking around. Yes. And uh, goes down to help her, which, it, the, which is weird because if you watch the movie and that particular scene, it seems to me like it's at the end of the yard and it's like 100 yards away from the house. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it looks like it's literally, you know, 20 feet away from the house. So... And and there's good reason for that. They actually moved the tree. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I just I was about to say the um, the tree that Ellie Creed swings on um, after I uh, made such an impression on Lambert and King, they actually dug it up from the field where they spotted it and replanted it in front of the house. So that tree is not natural. It's that that uh, parcel of land. So anyway, she falls. Falls on her ass. The um, the two parents go running to go help her, and at the same time, the other woman who we don't even know who this other woman is isn't paying any attention to this kid either. So of course, this kid starts wandering towards the road, which is you know he was just wandering around. It's not like he was possessed to go towards the road. and that's when we really see the first truck the and first how truck. close the truck is to their house and how fast these trucks Holy are hauling down the road. And, you know, this is where in, your, in what you wrote up for the movie, you were saying no reasonable parent would buy a, <clears throat> would buy a house this close to a road. That's, it has that these, has tractor trailers. And now, I, I, wrote that, I wrote that after watching... A lot of the movie because time after time that tractor trailer would go down. It was like a steady. It was a steady stream. And so if see, you're going to look at this house, if you go as a parent, yeah, right, and this is where I really have several issues with King's screenplay here. Yes, if if you're a parent of a young child, okay, you're going to look at the houses, you're going to everything, inspecting it, all that. When they were going to look at the house, yes. They had to see a truck go by. Now, see, flying by. They had to see. This is where I disagree. Okay. And the reason is, is because they lived in Chicago and they were moving to Maine. So if they went to go look at a house, they probably flew out and were looking on a weekend. So the chances, the, the amount of trucks that were running up and down the street on the weekend would be a lot less 
than during the week. I disagree with you there because he's a medical doctor. Medical doctors work abnormal hours. So he's not like a professional worker nine to five. Right. You know, he... Um, well, this is all speculation. Right. And I'm just disagreeing with you because some people say it makes better radio. So I'm just disagreeing with you. I say, I, in my mind, you're there. These trucks are... Con- I mean, the movie makes it seem like these trucks are going... They're constantly going by. And, and as a person who has actually shopped around for houses, mm-hmm. you're not there that long. You're really not. You're, you go into a house, you look at it, you're inside the house for like 20, 30 minutes at the most, and then you're gone. And watching the movie, there are trucks constantly going up and down the road, mm-hmm. but it's not every 30 minutes. There, I mean, there, it seems like it's like once an hour or, or you know, so there might be a train, a train, a big tractor trailer running through there. Um, I agree with you that it would be something that if I lived in the area, I definitely would avoid that road knowing that tractor trailers are running up and down that road. Mm-hmm. But since he moved out of Chicago, I kind of gave him a pass on buying that house. But I would think that as soon as you started seeing those tractor trailers, especially when your three-year-old almost walked out yeah. in front of one and your neighbor across the street grabs them, right. you know, you're let, you're, you're, I'm just like, you know what? We got to start thinking about going somewhere the fuck else. You're, you're there for less than a minute. Yeah. And that truck goes speeding by. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's, it's obviously movie timing. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like I said, it is possible that he went and they looked at multiple houses. They were there for a couple days. They looked at multiple houses. They were only in the house for half an hour and no track. Maybe even a tractor trailer went by, but it didn't really register with mm-hmm. them. Now, when it starts registering, especially in this movie, is when it becomes like the heartbeat of the movie. Yeah. Because every other scene is the fucking tractor There's trailer. a tractor trailer it's running down that it, fucking. It's overdone. It is road. overdone. And that's why I'm saying if that's the way it is then why wouldn't they be, when they're visiting the house, be the same way? Um, I, I, like I said, maybe they didn't even visit the house. Maybe the university, this is the house that the university uh, rented for them. That's possible. Because they, you know, he was like in charge and brought in, especially in, uh, I think in Pet Cemetery 2, the vet that comes to town mm-hmm. that moves in is actually move, lives in a house that, is given to him because he's the vet. Oh, really? So, I mean, it... Well, for the sake of the argument, I will give you that point. We'll go in the high... No, no you don't have to give me the point. It's just no, my I point just, of view. No, I just... Because it gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah, okay. okay. So, so Gage goes out to the, the road, and then uh, Mr. Judd Crandall... It was played by Fred Quinn, which, of course, uh, Munster's thing. Mm-hmm. He, he saves Gage, correct? He grabs, he grabs him up. He's, he's never, I don't even think he actually makes it out into the street, but he grabs him up mm-hmm. right there on the edge of the street if mm-hmm. he doesn't make it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when you hear the tractor trailer. I think the tractor trailer might even blare its horn. Blare its horn, yeah, because that's um, what they do. But, you know, this is just like bad parenting, in my opinion. I don't know how the fuck you allow a two or three year old to wander out of a vehicle on their own. I, I, regardless, I mean, even if even if, let's take the tractor trailer out of the scenario, it's still a road. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be cars going up yeah. and down that road, and it's on a turn. Yeah. So there's a turn that comes yeah. around, so you can't see the cars yeah, coming. Car. I know how I am with my kids in the park in a parking lot. Yeah. In a parking lot, I'm like. You're right next to me. You do not leave my side. Yeah, or you're holding their hand. Yeah. Or you're holding them. Yes. Or something. Yes. At three years old, it's not uncommon to be holding a three-year-old. Yeah. But just to put them down. And let them wander. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I did not. I thought it was shitty parenting. And I'm not going to say that I did. And you're a doctor and a stay-at-home mom. Okay. Yeah, it, I don't I assume uh, that she's a stay-at-home mom because they never clarify. But. Or in Star Trek, which isn't as good as Star Wars. <laughs> Fuck her. All right, so this is where there's like the, the big... I have to tell you my story about her if I didn't already. No, you have not. My Denise Crosby story. Who is Tasha Yar, right? She yeah. was one of the original people in Next Generation, correct? Yes, she, she was the original security officer uh-huh. before uh, O'Brien. That's right, yeah. Um, she, she's rocking the mom shorts in this movie. 
Yes, yes. Because, see, back then she was on TV and somebody got in her ear and told her she was going to be a big star. A big star. She's going to be a big movie star. <laughs> mom jeans. I mean, mom and she went out there and decided, I'm going to leave my comfy, cozy job on The Next Generation and go movie, do movies. And she did two fucking <laughs> movies, one being Pet Cemetery, and the other one was Skin Deep. And after that, like... Nothing. <laughs> so she didn't suffer the David Caruso effect. It, David the Caruso. same exact fucking thing. <laughs> David Caruso's huge on NYPD Blue. He's like, fuck you. I'm going to do movies. So he does. Uh, oh, my God. What were the two movies he did? Um, the one was the Nick Cage yes, movie. Which we talked about before. Um, God damn it. Where he couldn't have silverware. He had to have plastic. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh. God damn. What was that? Ruby or... or oh. uh, I had some kind of God damn it It's not coming to me Thank God Thank God for CIS CSI Whatever it's called Uh, Yeah CSI Florida Or whatever the fuck it was (laughs) (laughs) There's like 18 different 18 different uh, Because they can't come up With anything original CSI Tallahassee Yeah Tallahassee I think it was Miami actually But um, Yeah so he did two movies And then bombed horribly In the movies (laughs) And was right back on TV (laughs) I loved that. <laughs> I did because I was not a fan of David Caruso, and I don't think he's a good actor. No. I do love the uh, you know, and I advise anybody who has no idea what the hell we're talking about, look up David Caruso CSI sunglasses. Uh, well, sunglasses or whatever. <laughs> it, you can do any search on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll show you it'll be the openings for the shows where he's just like, uh, the guy gets hit by a surfboard or, or, or he, he jumps out of a fucking plane and he's just like, I guess he missed his flight. They call it speed dating. Our victim had 15 dates. Well, you know what they say, Frank. Speed kills. It's all. It's puts on the sunglasses. Just, <laughs> he, he's got the sunglasses on. He takes them off. I guess he missed his flight. <laughs> it's just fucking it's ridiculous. Great, yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> and, great. And they'll see, I've watched those, and I've watched those for like an hour Dude, straight. They talked they're about hilarious. Uh, O&A, they highlight that shit. Oh, my That's God. Great. It was so fucking it was funny. Fucking hilarious. So, so there, we're introduced to everybody. We're introduced to Judd, who yes. lives across the street. The old hick across the, the street. The old hick across the street. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then Lewis, who is a doctor. He works at the university. You have Rachel, who we just talked about, Tasha Yar. Then Ellie, who is the horrible actor. Then Gage, who is uh, vaginas. Uh, girls have vaginas and, men, and boys have penises. From kindergarten. Captain. Boy has a penis and a girl has a, has vagina. a vagina. Then we have uh, Missy Dandridge and... Knowing what I know now and what happens, like, what the hell? Why is she here? I don't know. And the truth of the matter is, is I thought she was just one of those characters that was in the book, so that's why they put her in this. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that she is a conglomeration of two different characters from the oh. book. And the story... And I think that the only reason that she's actually in this movie is to introduce the idea of death mm-hmm. to the daughter. Okay. Okay, because the son's too young. The son's too young. But the daughter had to at least acknowledge that Missy died. Yes. And that's what led her into the whole conversation about church dying, mm-hmm. church getting hit by a car and dying. Yes. Which, of course, leads it to them parent you know if, the, if, the story propelling that way if that's, that's the, case, the only reason that she's there if that's the and case, to have a it's cameo shitty. and a cameo well, for I Stephen see, King if that's the case it's shitty writing if that's the case it's shitty writing because you are shoehorning something in there that you could I, it could have been handled differently in my opinion I think the whole her whole, whole character arc is just it's it's, it's basically two scenes yeah but it's, and they it's, don't make any sense and there's no reason to show her Hanging herself other than to have another death on camera. Yeah, it just doesn't make it's shoehorned in there. It's piss poor writing. I, I didn't I didn't like the character. I don't understand it. And I think that there was concepts in the the novel that he was trying to port over in the screenplay and it just doesn't it just doesn't doesn't feel click. natural to have this character that first off, 
has some kind of cancer that they don't really explain. Yeah. And she's in massive pain. And the doctor is like, look, let me help you. And she's just like, nah, nah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, yeah. And then when she, when she hands herself, like part of having characters in the story would have you feel some attachment to her or so, some death. When she hangs herself, you're just like, okay. okay. Right. Uh, we've seen her twice. <laughs> she had some laundry. <laughs> Uh, as far as we know, she's a maid. I yeah, didn't yeah, really, it wasn't really clear what she was doing there. Don't care. Um, but then like, it would even have made more sense if she had showed up and was a maid and was doing the laundry and decided to hang herself in their basement yeah, or and some- the daughter found her. That would make more sense. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it was some, actually some kind of impact on the story, whereas yeah. she just goes home and hangs herself yeah, because she's it. a lonely old woman with cancer yeah. and back problems. Yeah. It's like, what? Or stomach problems, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, what? Why? Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't necessary it was other than, like I said, there. having a scene with Stephen King. Yeah. And I think that they couldn't have Stephen King in the... Gage funeral because the Gage funeral was cut way down um, and on purpose because I think that it really brought a. L- we'll get to that because it's it, it really brings down the story and it's one of the scenes that's so disturbing. You didn't make it to that. I did not. You didn't make it to it, and it's so disturbing that even as a child, as you know, a young you know, I was what 12, 13, 14 years old when this came out. When I saw that scene, I was just like, wow, that was really fucked. But we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we... Uh, uh, what do we got? We introduced oh, okay. all the characters. And then he's taking shit into the house, and Church jumps out oh. at him mm-hmm. and scares Lewis. So I just said it was a jump scare. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, church is the cat. Yeah, Church, uh, Winston Churchill. Um, they call him Minister Winston Churchill. Was Churchill a minister? Prime Minister. Oh, Prime Minister. Okay, that makes more sense. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, when I was reading some stuff for today, mm-hmm. I was like, they had him listed as Minister Winston Churchill, and I'm like, Minister? That is weird, but I didn't think Prime Minister, duh. That makes sense. It's okay, it's Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long week. So anyway... Then uh, we switch to nighttime, right? Is that, am I correct in saying that? Because they're, because... Uh, yeah, Judd's on his porch drinking Budweiser. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, what's his name comes over. Lewis has to come Lewis over, but he has to wait over. for another truck to go by. Am I correct in saying that? Another truck goes blaring yes. by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got to wait for that truck. Goes up there and talks to Judd, and Judd is like, that damn road. Uses up. Uses best. up. Okay. Now as a father, now as a father, discounting what I might have seen when I was buying the house. In a day, I've seen two big-ass trucks go by and a guy saying that road runs over a lot of pets. Yes. So I'm like, you know, the, I'm a doctor. I probably can fo- afford this fucking invention of just modern proportions that would just blow everybody out of the water, something called a fucking fence. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, that might be a good idea. A, a Not f- that that would save the cat, but... But... Yeah. I think cat... I think... Children, you know, kid almost got hit, trying to cross the road, another, and they're just blown by, might think about installing a fence. Yeah. No, oh, I don't disagree. I mean, but they're not, how, I, you, you can't really tell how long they're actually here. I mean, this whole story might have taken place in a month. It, to me, it's, it, not, it's not clear to me how long they're there. Well, he's taking up residency. He's not, he's not going, he's taking up residency in a university. He's not going to be there for a month. Okay. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying this entire story that happens during Pet Cemetery, oh, okay. from the time he moves in to the end when he gets killed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time yeah, actually passed okay. during that time. But I would have had some guy out there the next day. I don't disagree. I, I think I agree with you completely on that. Plus, there's there's another issue I have. The cat is outside. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense if they've moved out of Chicago. If they were living in Chicago, which is been, what they made it clear, it would have been an indoor cat. Yeah, good point there. They never would have let that cat wander outside. Mm-hmm. And the cat probably is less likely to wander itself outside. Mm-hmm. Be as scared I have, shitless, yeah. I have indoor cats, and I can leave the door wide open. They'll stand at the edge of the door and not go out. And they'll, they'll, look at, they'll look up at you and be like, close the damn door already. Yeah. So it's... 
they like the, the breeze. They like the wind, mm-hmm. but they won't go out. I've never seen them go out. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of... It, plot holes. Yeah. And I, I bring that up because, again, it's Stephen King. You got to hold the guy to a higher standard, and this is a shitty... There's a lot of shit in the beginning. I'm just like, I think there's a never fly. big difference between a novel and a screenplay. Though. He wrote the screenplay. As a writer, I would make sure... Well, I, no, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that if I'm writing a novel mm-hmm. and I have 500 pages to get into detail on every little thing, mm-hmm. a screenplay is 120 pages long mm-hmm. or less, and you have tons of dialogue in there. That's... So That's, I don't know that the idea you of a, have as much. The idea of offense should have crept up in both the novel and the screenplay. I, I don't, I just doesn't, it doesn't, it defies logic. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. And well, you I, know, I, maybe I, it was the city ordinance against the fucking fence. You really want to. city ordinance? I, I, you know, I don't know, dude. <laughs> maybe. There's a community rule against fences. I don't know. I, I mean, any you can you can make any argument. The reason why to it pisses, fight it, but no, the reason why it pisses me off because the writer shit like this would have not flown at all with somebody else who's writing. They would have not flown at all because they they those assholes in New York dissect everything, and if he gets think, a pass for all this he, shit. But I don't know that he did. I don't think this was highly touted. I mean, it, it this was this was a decade after. Um, Carrie. Yes, and Carrie was highly touted, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that this one was particularly highly touted. Now, Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. and Misery mm-hmm. and uh, The Green Mile, mm-hmm. those movies were all highly touted. Mm-hmm. This one, not so much. This one was more of like a Sleepwalkers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Sleepwalkers was not a I think good a lot movie. of people know about Pet Cemetery. That's, I, again, I mean, Scott Schaefer would not have recommended this pile of steaming shit if it wasn't a prominent movie. Well, you know, I don't think it's a pile of steaming shit, but I do acknowledge there's lots of plot holes and there's lots of things that are just like, dude, seriously, what the fuck? Okay. I mean, offense is one of those things. Let's go forward. Let's go forward. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, my Denise Crosby story. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Before we go on, I'll get it real quick. Uh, So I would go to a lot of horror conventions. Mm Mm-hmm. And I may have even already told the story on the show, but you don't seem to remember it. So anyway, uh, I go to a lot of horror conventions and I went in and I happened, you know, I'm going around. Well, there's always lulls. There's always times when like no, when the stars are kind of just sitting there waiting for somebody to show up or whatever. And that's where you're there to pounce. Well, it's just, it's nicer because then you don't have to wait in line. How do they react? How do the female stars react when you walk up to them and your hands are down your pants? Well, that never happens. And I've actually had a movie star hit on me before. Okay. um, Okay. Which I'm too dense to figure out. Mm -hmm. I was just not picking up on the signal she was sending out. I mean. I'm glad you clarified that for us. Yeah, I just wasn't. Uh, you know, and there was, I was going to enough of these for a while that I was actually, there was certain people like Kane Hodder who knew who I was. Do you think when Kane Hodder looks at you, he's like, oh shit, it's that guy. I don't know. Maybe, but he acknowledged me immediately. Mm-hmm. He knew my name. Like, which was Steve. cool as shit. It's like, what's going on, Steve? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I mean, and it's not like I'm making any of this up. Like I actually have people that witness these things happen. So anyway, so when I went... Uh, and she was there uh-huh. and conven- you know, just recently, this was at when Dexter was on the air. You told me, you told this story, um, on the Halloween episode. Oh, I did. Okay. Yes. Well then I don't need to tell it again. Go back at your and tell the story about how Paul shit on Denise because she wanted, he wanted pictures of her and Dexter, but there wasn't any pictures of her and Dexter. So she took turn to her handler and said, we need pictures of Dexter. Well, the, I, the insult was I said it was a bit role <laughs> instead of a guest role. Because that apparently was very insulting to mm-hmm. say it was a bit role. A bit, you don't a, never tell an actress that she's a, a day player. You don't want to say A day that. player, yes. No, no, that doesn't seem to float very well. No. But, you know, you want to be the guest star. Yeah. Not, not, yeah, because not the, the bit role. Not the bit role. Yeah. She was pissed. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> let's okay. get back to this because I, I thought I told that story before. You did. 
so, on the Halloween episode. Yeah, I have it's no a great idea. episode. But why did that come up? I don't know. If if you haven't listened to the Halloween episode, it's a great episode. Okay, so uh, when she's over on the tree and she falls down, she saw a path. When she That's was swinging, right. she saw a path. That's right. So Jed says, "I'll take you up the path later or tomorrow or whatever." So they decide that they're going to walk up to the path, and they're taking the daughter with them. Mm-hmm. And this takes them to the actual pet cemetery mm-hmm. uh, where Jed had buried his dog when he was younger, when he was 12. Uh, and like everybody else had buried their animals. Mm-hmm. I always I pointed out that it was kind of a cool design because it it starts in the middle and it kind of goes out in a circle like a spiral. Like Stonehenge. Yeah. I thought it was really cool the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and. You know, it was out of necessity, obviously, because you should start with one animal and then it grows from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, from what one of the things I read today, uh, Stephen King's daughter's cat is on one of the crosses. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was like. Wasn't it was obviously not church? It was steeple. I I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was. One of the one of the crosses was one his crosses. daughter's cat, which mm-hmm. of course inspired part of the story. So anyway, um, and that's when you get Jed Judd. Uh, and by the way, Judd uh, Fred Gwynn has almost ninety five percent of all the good lines in this movie. Yeah, he does. Uh, I think there's At least the ones maybe I heard. one or two other lines in the movie that are good, but basically. Everything that comes out of his mouth is gold, mm-hmm. and everybody else is, might as well just be talking dogs mm-hmm. because it doesn't make any right. difference. So this is when he's talking about how graveyards are placed to, for the dead to speak. Do you know what a graveyard really is? Well, I guess not. It's a place for the dead to speak. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ellie, the horrible actress, says, "Look at this! It's a goldfishy." Daddy, look! This one's a goldfishy. That's right, Ellie. It's a goldfishy. So, uh, how do you? Why do you bury your goldfish with a uh, tank? You know, it's like it's like burying your dog and just putting the leash on top of the grave. You know, and. Or burying your turtle and putting knows? the pot on top. Because the kid decided to do it. I, I mean, there's no logic behind it. No. Um, and I thought, don't they, isn't, isn't like, like the fishes, don't they get thrown out on the toilet? Nowadays, traditionally, <laughs> you would flush a fish. Right, okay. But a small fish. A small a goldfish. Fish. Like, I had cool. a fucking Oscar that was uh, probably about seven or eight inches. Uh-huh. And, uh. You just slingshot that son of a bitch out of your bedroom. <laughs> I don't window. know. I don't. I remember we were like, there. We were literally trying to get rid of this thing, and I don't know why we didn't want to throw it out mm-hmm. in the trash. It and was alive, right? No, it was dead. It was, it was dead. dead. Okay. And it got to a point where I think we were just stupid kids. Like I, me and my first wife, I think we were like twenty, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we decided that we were going to put it down the. Uh, garbage disposal in oh. the sink didn't end well. God, what? You did not. Yes, oh. it didn't end well. Oh. So it was like a six-inch Oscar, oh. and I'd put it down the fucking garbage disposal. Oh my god! And it's just chopping it up, and there's, there's like half a fish left. It was oh. so fucking. Oh. oh my god. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it was a mess. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, that's going to give me nightmares. Oh, yeah, it was bad. But we, we were fucking stupid kids. I mean, yeah. what the hell do we do? Nothing's better? changed. Nope. Let's keep going. So uh, then they go back to the house. Uh, I like this part because the house <laughs> is perfectly put together. There's no boxes anywhere at all. Like the spice rack is super work. I was like, wait a second. I just moved in this damn house last year. We had box. We still have yesterday. They moved in the day before. The day before, there's not like they spent all freaking night putting everything. The pictures are up on the walls. It's perfect. Well, I think that the pictures and the spices are what kind of 
ends up being the issue. Because if the furniture's all put away, you could make an argument that the furniture got moved in or maybe it was the, mm-hmm. the furniture came with the house. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely correct. When the spices are all put away and they just moved into the house yesterday, it's like, when did this happen? And, because and, uh, Millie or, or, or what's her name? Ellie. No, not Ellie. Uh, Missy. 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 Missy ain't doing a whole hell of a lot with her cancer stomach. No. I, 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 uh, yeah. And I'm like, last night when I'm watching this movie, this is what I'm turning like, what the, I'm turning making like this. You know, I already had that sour taste in my mouth. Like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is... Really? Because I expect King to be held to a higher standard. Uh, well, and that's... Because he preaches to all the other because, writers like out I said, there. It's, well, yeah, I agree you with know? that, but that's novels. That's not... It's not movies. It's Don't, different. Screenplay writer, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, you know. This was his first screenplay. The, was it? You know, yeah. I don't know that. Was this was... Movie? All right, let's keep going along. Well, this was his first screenplay based on one of his works. One of his books. He also wrote the screenplay for Creepshow. Uh, at least part of it. I don't know if he did the whole movie or if he just did his segment mm-hmm. and the main story. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter at yeah. this point. Um, uh, so what do we got? Go ahead. Where are we going? I, I mean, this is when uh, something about church won't die. This is a jump. Oh, yeah. He, she makes him... Church is going to get... They're going to fix him. They're going to cut his balls, balls off. Balls off. Cut his nuts off. Because, so he doesn't wander as much. And the mother makes Lewis promise that church isn't going to die. When he gets so, his nuts chopped off. Right. So okay. she, she's... Uh, he's pissed off at his wife because of that. But then he's getting ready to go to work. And, he's an honorary uh, son of a bitch, isn't he? Who? The doctor. He's an honorary son of a bitch. I guess. I don't know. I don't know why you would say that. But um, So at the same time, Missy, is. this is where we see Missy taking the clothes out of the house and packing them up into her vehicle mm-hmm. and then com- you know, holding her stomach th- and complaining about her stomach and he's right. offering to uh, help. Give her some toilet paper. And she... She's just like, nah, nah, I'm, nah, all right, I'm, I'm fine. Right, nah. Nah. Yeah. And so, uh, it's a colon cancer. Anyway, so now we're at the university. Mm-hmm. Um, a runner uh, gets hit by this, a, a truck, this is, conveniently enough. Exactly. This is where I was just like, what the fuck? And gets on. carried into the it's medical a, center. A murder highway. To Lewis. <laughs> uh, Isn't there like any ordinance about stop signs and like... Yeah, like speed bumps and shit. It's like, no, what is going to let these trucks just haul ass through here well, going I 100 mean, miles an hour? Why, how did, you know, if he's running on the, in the, uh, at the university, why would he, why would trucks be running through the university? Well, apparently they run everywhere else in the fucking movie. So, oh, I don't geez, know. Oh, jeez, I got to say that. Sorry, hero. You didn't hear that. You didn't hear that over there. We're going to leave it off for this week. Part two coming out next week. Sorry, they're coming a little bit later in the week. Just been extremely busy in my personal life and my professional life. And anyway, we make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, JB's Drive-In. Uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Leave us a review if you can. Five-star preferably. Um, have some great movies coming up. Looking forward to May. Big movies in May. Big movies in May. Anyway, appreciate the listen. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week.